0: Welcome again to the Three Wins Podcast. I'm Russ Clemmer, president of Legacy Advisor Partners, and I'm joined again today after a hi- a long hiatus from the screen and-, and from the podcast, my colleagues, Mark Walker and Matt Joins. Welcome back to the podcast today, guys.
1: We're back. We've been found. I can't believe it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I thought uh,
2: after our last performance, we might not ever get back on, but...
0: Al Pacino, just when you thought you were out, you got sucked back in, drugged back in. So we've had a lot of really good uh, guests on the podcast, a lot of great business leaders, different professionals in different areas that complement what we do with the three wins. But one question that keeps coming back up related to the long-term incentive plan is this idea of benchmarking, setting goals for the incentive plan for the participants And so there's several steps involved there, and not every company needs them when we sit down and work with them on financial benchmark modeling. Not every company needs that work, but a lot do. And so that's really, it's a value add that we bring. It's an add-on to the standard long-term incentive plan conversation. And so this video, if you're watching this video, goes along with another video that we did. The link is below on what is a long-term incentive plan. And a long-term incentive plan is a deferred compensation plan where you allow your key influences, your key leaders in the business who are not equity owners to participate in the success that you're helping or they are helping the company create uh, and the shareholders realize they're able to participate in the success as if they were owners through a long term incentive plan. That's an, a, a unique approach that Legacy takes with clients and business owners to map out the three wins. That's really the third win, the key leader participation in that area. And so, as a complement to that other video, we wanted to come back and discuss this, this benchmarking question, goal setting, vision setting benchmarking question. And so, Matt, and Mark, just talk through as a, as a recap. Talk through what is an is a long term incentive plan, and then we can switch over and jump into the benchmarking discussion.
1: Sure, you yeah, did a good good job of setting that up. I think you know the main the main objective really is twofold. One is to reward and retain your your key leaders, your executives, and then also to set up a plan that allows them. To put maybe their own money in above the 401k limits, you know, we are seeing that the IRS is increasing the 401k deferrals, you know, annually, they're announced an increase for 22 2022, so that's good. Mm-hmm. A lot of times for your, your upper management, you know, the 401k limits are just not enough, or they could be even limited because of some testing issues. So we work with a corporation on helping design a plan. You know, and design includes elements like you know, who's who's going to be eligible for the plan. You know, what type of distribution options are you going to make available. How do you want to do vesting? You know, on any kind of employer money. Mm-hmm. We think it's we think it's good to offer employer employer contributions or benchmarks that Russell will be describing here in a minute because the, really the goal. You know, for your corporation is to, to help grow the profitability of the company and, and for them to share in that success. So, if they're going to participate in it, you know, why not put some vesting there to put some retention element? Then we work with the companies on you know, setting up the administration. And then a real key piece is, is the rollout or the enrollment communication to them to the executives and, and, letting them, them know, All right, here's what the plan is. Here's how it fits in your individual financial planning, retirement readiness, you know, and what should you do and, and how do you maximize that? So that's, it gives a good framework of, of what a plan is, is set up for and designed to do.
2: Yeah. And the the benchmarking is such an important part of the conversation. I mean, it's the it's what ties everything together. So you've got, you've decided, you know, you've identified your key people, the people that are integral to your company, the people that you can't have leave, the people that, you know, you need them to produce in order for your business to be successful. How do we get them to kind of have that ownership mentality? How do we have the plan fund itself. How do we, you know, build all of these different features into the plan and really help decide on the plan design. How do we want to do the vesting? How do we want to, all of that's going to be decided through the whole benchmarking process of let's set our, our forward benchmarks. Let's have these goals. We can communicate that to the team and now we have something to work towards.
0: Yeah. So I guess that that's a great that's a great synopsis summary. We dive deeper into the in the other episodes, but this really is the question of what, you know what we notice you know across a, a fairly you know broad range of business owner, right? So business owners come in all shapes and sizes, <laughs> and and you know just because a company is big, making a lot of money doesn't necessarily mean they are as sophisticated and and, and as detailed in their financial understanding of, of how their company works and ticks and everything else as they could be. And so part of the emphasis on the benchmarking is if you have, if we're going, if you're going to pay and put this plan in place, right. And, you know, it might ju- you know, the, the only purpose of it may just be so that they can put, you know, some additional dollars away pre-tax for retirement, right? That's a great check. That, that's a great thing in and of itself. But what we find is if you are able to build in this additional question of how are they participating in the success they're helping create, what you can, what you can find is that you don't necessarily have to take money out of the shareholders' pockets, you don't have to take money out of the corporation's pockets and and it's important people have asked us when we talk about the three wins the shareholder win the corporate win and the key leader win well where are all the other stakeholders well the corporation is made up of stakeholders and two people that are involved in that are the key leader and the shareholder and so in our business that's a that's a focal point of ours but you cannot allow the other stakeholders to Suffer just because you're trying to set up a win for the shareholder and the in and the key leader. So we say corporate win. We're talking about an entity, but we're talking about all the other stakeholders involved. The the non highly compensated employees, which yeah. are in every business very very important. You can't do it without them. We're talking about the vendors. We're talking about the clients. We're talking about the uh, associated businesses that are helping to make this entity possible. So all the other interconnectedness, anybody that's got a stake in that company being successful, that's what we're talking about at the corporate win. And that takes money. Corporations don't, they're not just there by accident. You have to fund the existence of a corporation. You got to pay your bills, but you also have to pay for growth. You have to pay for improvements. You have to pay for efficiencies. Those things have a return for the corporation down the road, but you have to fund those things. They're, they're not free. Improvements are not free. And so when we talk about these things, sometimes we get a look like that's a good point and we do think about those things, but we never have put them down on paper. Sometimes we get a viewpoint of kind of like we just we just wing it. We just kind of get a gut. We get a gut feeling. We just wing it. and if it's working, we're not going to say that's wrong. But what we're trying to say is, how do we do it with a, with a fairly simple process, but that results in, in a high level of precision? And so if you, are, if you have good, clean books, PL balance sheet, if you good, clean books, and you're used to reviewing those, even if it is in a gut feel you know your numbers and you've reviewed them, you got clean books. This simple process we're about to lay out can be done by anybody. Why it's not done by anybody is most of the time, it it results in somebody like a legacy having to come along and make sure it gets done, right? You're a business owner, you got a million other things to think about and this just may be one of those things that falls off the list, it depends. But that's what that's what we find sometimes we find owners that they know their numbers they've thought about this and they can spit out the goals to us the financial goals the targets that they want on a revenue on a profit margin on a, on a on a job margin or, or whatever it is they can spit those metrics out to us and this process is already done we can look at it and very and just you know try to poke some holes in it just to stress test it but sometimes those things come to us and this, this step is, is not necessary. And we set up and we organize and customize the plan around what they've given us and it's right as rain. It works out and it's, and it's good to go. But this specific layout is really, really important. And so we start with the business owner. How well do they know their own financials? Mm-hmm. So if they don't know their own financials, then, you know, we, 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 we're, we're kind of having to just create a starting point with them. We're having to develop in them a kind of a, a knowledge of where they are and what they need to accomplish. So Matt, kind of walk us through a little bit of the, some of those questions that we say, hey, business owner or own group of owners individually, what's you alls starting point? What are y'all trying to achieve? What's y'all's win? How do we flesh, help them flesh that out?
2: Would you say step one is know thyself? I I think so. (laughs) Yeah, so there we go. Step one, know thyself. So a lot of times you're the owner, sole owner, or you're part of a couple owners or a few owners, whatever it is, it's likely your largest asset in your your financial picture. So it's pretty important that we understand how does this kind of get us to the Future, you know, our financial independence. It's great. You know, we're focused on building this business. We're focused on making it as big and great as possible. We might not be thinking about the monetary side of it. That's great. But at some point, you will need to think about that. Turning that into your portfolio into something that can actually pay for your retirement, your bills going forward. You're not always going to be around. To be making the decisions and you know working in the capacity that you are, so you've got to find out what your transition plan is, and you know turning that into another asset that can uh, replace what you're doing currently. So understanding how to monetize and kind of project what that business can mean to you, if it's uh, distributions per year. If you're taking money out of the company because you're profitable and you can take money out, great. Uh, if not, you know what does that look like in the future? Five years down the road, ten years down the road, and then making sure that we're building around that business as well. You need to have diversification. You don't want all your eggs in one basket. As great and as you know, much of your time and heart and soul is tied up in your business it's still not a good practice to be so concentrated in just one asset as your business. So making sure you're doing these other ancillary things, maybe it's, you know, investing in your 401k, maybe it's putting money aside in another uh, brokerage account kind of outside the business completely building in these other safety fences. So you really have something. So Getting all of these different accounts, putting them together and kind of getting it organized, that to me is knowing thyself. You can have a bunch of uh, different accounts around, but until it's all together and you see how that's really working and painting your future picture, we run into people all the time that they've got you know, pretty good assets, but they've never really put it all together. They don't really know what their net worth is. Uh, And they don't know what their potential for financial independence is. So that's step one. That's going to help you be able to make these other decisions. Maybe you don't need uh, a, a significant amount of money out of the business. Maybe that allows you to do more gifting or other things. But without knowing yourself first, you can't really make any of those other decisions in a strategic way.
0: Yeah. Mark, we talk about, you know, the question of what's enough Mm -hmm. in, in, as we kind of walk through the the shareholder win conversation, explain that a little bit, the the question of what's enough.
1: Yeah. I think it's, as Matt was describing before, you know, when you getting closer to the end of your career or, or making some major changes, you know, you want to identify what does it take for me and my myself and my family to to live the kind of lifestyle we want to live. So you can determine, you know, how much money should I have set aside? Or if I'm selling my business, what is the number I need to, to be able to extract out of my business in order to maintain this lifestyle? So we, we help owners, you know, kind of walk through that process many times You know, we're not saying to put you on a budget, but you do want to identify, you know, what are my living expenses, my travel, all the things I I enjoy doing. What's that annual number that I need to evaluate and make sure that, that I've got enough money set aside that could pay me that income stream? So the idea of extracting some of the money from the business, you know, you're... You're building some liquid assets so that way, you know, later down the road, if you are going to sell your business internally, externally, you know, you've, you've got some other resources that give you more options upon that day. So knowing, knowing what it takes for you to live and, and identifying that and what you've saved up, you can build out, you know, a full financial picture to make informed decisions.
0: Yeah, and and oftentimes we find the the you know the the emotional side of owning a business, especially if it's something that you you know you had to kind of carve out of the side of a hill, right? Blood, sweat, and tears. It's it's a an emotional decision. And along the way, you just may not have had somebody to come along and and show you it, you know, it's it's fine to treat it like a you know, like a, like a additional member of the family, but that additional member of the family has to, it, it has to behave a little bit more like a pet than, a, than a child. And so there, there are things that you expect out of a pet than you don't expect out of a child sometimes. And so when we talk about this, we're, we're looking at the emotional side and the more emotional you are about the business, the less objective you're going to be. And so that's part of our, our training and our, our thought process is to say, all right, Number one, you get a salary and a bonus however you pay yourself as a business owner because you do a job, right? You're either the, the CEO, you're the chairman, you're the president, you're the whatever, right? So whatever role you're filling, that's why you get paid that salary, not because you're the business owner. The owner should also be, re- be receiving dividends on an annual basis. If you go take money and you put it in a stock, Right, part of the stock selection is well, what kind of dividend am I going to get? What's my annual return from that company? If they're, you know, are they paying out a dividend, and what kind of dividend is it? Right, not just the just the the uh, the the increase in the value of that company. And so, if you're not paying yourself a distribution every year, if you're not carving that out and saying this is what the return needs to be, then it's like going and buying a stock and saying, I don't care if there's a dividend. Doesn't matter to me if if there is one or not. And so we go through a, a financial analysis that says, what are the dividend uh, available dividends distributions of the company? So we kind of know what's enough. We talk about know thyself. What are your needs? What are your expectations? And we say, here's what the shareholder win needs to be. Now we go over here and we say, can the corporation afford it so sometimes the shareholder win is you know hey you're you don't have a company that can do that it might be able to in the future if we want to work towards that but right now we either need to have to adjust the what's enough question be a little bit more realistic and then a corporate side understand all right just because the shareholder has these different goals can the corporation afford it can it afford that level of dividend and so you sit there and you say, what are your, what's your bud- corporate budget, right? Sometimes if there's not a budget on the, on the shareholder side, there might not be a budget on the corporate side. So is there a budget in place? How do you work through those things? What's the success been over the last couple of years? And what do you see the success being over the next couple of years? It, it, and, you know, we say this uh, all the time, past performance does not necessarily indicate future success. Right. And so, just and that's something that we have we have to say as advi- as financial advisors, investment advisors. But it's also true in, in in the the situation of owning a business. So, if you say if you claim that statement as a reason not to forecast, then you're robbing yourself of a goal setting skill and exercise that really is fulfilling in in many ways. You say, well, you know, we can't go past a certain number of months because it's not reality. Well, we know it's not reality. We don't know what five minutes is going to hold, much less three years from now. But you sit down and say, what should the company be able to do given certain factors, uh, allowing for certain factors that are out of our control? If these things happen and the other factors are in our control, what should the company be able to do And that's how you start saying whether or not the company can afford these dividends to pay for the shareholder win, right? So if you've got some financials and we can walk you through, we walk companies through how to get those company financials into a simple model that shows what we call a net income budget. So you make money, you pay for your goods, you pay for your overhead, whatever goes into manufacturing or your service or whatever it is, then you say, all right, here's, here's what I've made out of the company this year. Well, now I've got to pay the man, right? I got to pay the ta- my taxes. And, and you do whatever you can to, to adjust that number down in, in, a, in, in a creative and very legal way. Then you turn around and say, well, now I've got to pay the machine, right? I got to keep the machine healthy. I've just paid for operations. That's my operations expenses. But now I've got to pay for the machine to be healthy and efficient and and run well. So what's my cost of growth going into the next year? And that's a cash management question. That's a cash flow question. What's my ebb and flow of cash flow? What's my my short-term emergency cash? What's my opportunity cash? Hey, this acquisition may be coming up or this expansion opportunity may be coming up or this equipment is over sale because one of my you know, is for sale because one of my competitors is going out of business you need liquidity to be able to make strategic decisions so what do those numbers look like
2: and that's the same thing we do the same thing with a personal client that's uh, right 3 to 6 months of emergency mm-hmm. savings well you got to know what your expenses are to be able to say what 3 to 6 months is And then you've got your special projects that are, you know, maybe a wedding or a vacation, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, you don't know what the future holds, but you need to have some sort of general idea or you're just kind of going in blindfolded, which we never, never really advise. So it's the business financial planning. You know, there's a lot of similarities, business, personal. So some people... Think about what you're doing as far as the cash that you have in your bank account. Do you have enough to cover your short-term expenses? Same sh- should be doing with your business. Yeah. Do you have enough to keep the lights on? If you guys have some cash flow issues,
0: yeah, yeah. In in looking at that and kind of thinking through some of those things, it, and this is drifting a little bit over to you know the other the other area of our conversation. Sometimes, if with the grade eight, it, is the owner able to think through these, these important questions, the CEO, president, you know, owner, if they're in the wrong role, if they're worrying about things they don't need to be worried about, are they distracted in other areas? Are they actually getting to, which we do have other videos on the grade eight. We have videos on, on uh, role optimization, being held accountable, making sure that everybody on the team is in the right role, doing the right thing. So, that's an important part of that. And that's often, you know, what, what trips up individuals who don't own the business, going back to your, your, your parallel, is if you're not taking the time to think through these things, they don't think about themselves, right? Nobody thinks about themselves. And so to the degree that you take some time and carve this out and, and make that happen and, and work the numbers, they don't have to be perfect. The forecast is not perfect and it's going to change. It's a living thing. It's going to be, it's going to adjust. It's going to change. But what it does is get, it gets you excited about some things that could happen. It gets you excited about some things that could happen. And, and, and the next step, okay, you got the shareholder win identified. You got the corporate win identified. You got this net income budget and you say, all right, how much is it going to uh, cost me to, to you know, pay my taxes? How much does I need to, to keep around in the business? And then you start to say, now begin to pay off pay dividends to myself now the question is the minimum number of dividends that are expected right the minimum return that is appropriate for the shareholder or shareholders above and beyond that profit number after you've budgeted these other items that's where we get into what can be shared with this key leader group. So guys walk through this above and beyond concept, this excess profits concept and how we communicate that with an owner, get them comfortable with that thought, and then diagram and model out how that can be shared with these key folks.
1: Yeah, you you mentioned it before of the goal of it is once you're, you're looking ahead and you're identifying the numbers, you know, if you're gonna share something with your team, you want it to be them to be in tune to having this collaboration effect on profits of so everybody is aware what the what you're shooting for, they're weighing in, you're having, you know, meetings. How are we tracking towards a success goal? What are some things we can fine tune? So we help the owners identify all right, this is a number that I can't achieve on my own, you know, above, above my forecasted numbers. So if we hit this increased number, then we're going to give them a percentage of that. So they're basically creating creating these dollars. So we, we tell business owners that, you know, this is newfound money above and beyond what you could do on your own. So it's it's essentially paying for itself. Yeah. And you're getting to retain some more of those dollars. Uh, so we walk you through a process of, of identifying, right, of what's going to be shared. You know, Do you want it to be equal among the group? Do we, is there people who have more influence than others? So you can customize that and, mm-hmm. and, and tier it out accordingly to how you want to reward your team.
2: Yeah, and it it turns into a lot of spreadsheeting, which is fun, but being able to and we've seen this many times when we're going through and actually we talk about it conceptually like we're doing here, but when we put it on paper or in a spreadsheet and you're looking at real numbers, there's there's a switch that kind of gets flipped over and it's oh okay, now I see what can be done. Now I get it. We're, you know, we're 10% is kind of our base growth level. If we go to 15, okay, percentages are one thing, but when you see it in actual dollars and you see the meaningful benefit that you're able to create for your key people and yourself and the fun that you guys can be having along the way, Working together, having those goals identified and laid out, just it it changes things. And it, it makes everybody able to achieve more than they thought they could have without it. You know, just the whole, you know, walking forward, blindfolded. When you have everybody kind of rowing in the same direction, it changes things. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to get everybody on the same page and... We want to reward people for doing exactly that.
0: Yeah. Key leaders, you know, the ones that the ones that are are supportive of and complementary of the culture that you're trying to establish in your company, the, the 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 mindset of setting goals, tracking those goals, and accomplishing those goals, and really can weigh in on what those goals should be, weigh in what the vision should be and what's capable. and and comment to the, what is, you know, if we did stretch ourselves, what could we accomplish? What could, you know, what could be there? Those are the ones that you want to share with. Those are the ones that you want to keep around. Those are the ones that you want to be a part of, you know, because we don't really typically ever work with a business owner who just makes all these numbers up by themselves. There are other people who help influence those numbers and have a perspective on those numbers that can really be beneficial to the owner. And so Mark, you said what you can't do on your own. So the key is if you own, you know, a hundred thousand dollar business and you're sitting there and, and, you know, every single bit of it, you know, you, you your hands are, are on, right. But you get past that number and start doing some, some other numbers, some bigger numbers, million, 2 million, 3 million, four, you know, 150 million, whatever it is you have to rely on other people and so the old mindset and we come in contact with cuz you know the the biggest transfer of wealth is really happening in in the history of the world the biggest transfer of wealth from one generation to another is we're in the midst of that that's going on and so we'll come along and we'll hear you know some old perspective of you know lo- loyalty used to just you know, that's what it, it, it was all about, loyalty back then. And so, you know, where that's important and that is good and loyalty is still very important. That used to be an excuse for not having to cut, you know, help allow people to participate in the success they helped you create. That meant you got to keep all the, the, the benefit and they just were thankful for the job that you gave them. And, and so... Or a gold watch, you know, gold, gold ish, maybe. Yeah. And so where, where is that was, you know, that was the, you know, you've been there a long time and great job. You got these guys over here. They're the ones got the, the, the dollars in their hands. And, and, you know, so even though money is not the only, uh, measure of success in a company, Was I loyal? Was I a good teammate? Was I this? All of those things are extremely important to your enjoyment of your job and the fulfillment of your calling in life, where you spend your time while you're away from your family. Money is also a great indicator of what you have accomplished. And so, you know, our perspective is, more money is not better, but more money with a plan and, and, and the intention of doing certain things and being able to fund different you know, opportunities or ministries or, or not-for-profits or different things that you're a part of, in addition to you know, your own financial independence and your own financial security, even though it could all be gone in, a, in, a, in an instant. The goal is to be able to say, "How do you let these folks participate?" So loyalty, that, that old guard mentality of you you stick around because you know I give you a a ham every Christmas and and you know I say thank you to you four or five times a year. That's not enough. That's not what this new generation in the culture is is, is saying. And so you have to adapt. You have to adapt, and and you really should adapt. This is a really great way of being able to share that wealth and so sometimes people say well that sounds kind of socialist no it doesn't sound socialist what it sounds like is, is you're saying hey we can do more together than i can by myself with you guys just sitting over here in a, in a very isolated role if we're all thinking together if we're all collaborating then that collaborate high level collaboration has a direct effect on profits and so if you're willing to collaborate, if you're willing to help make something bigger, then you participate in that success. And so that's really the, the complement to, if you're developing a long-term incentive plan, if you pull Mark and Matt into put, to developing a long-term incentive plan for you, customizing it to your your group, and you're not thinking about how does the pool that's going to be shared how does that get developed and is it the right number is it are are and is that pool realistic and is it something that can be sustained and and two years later am i going to have to say well you know i I promised this but we can't do it anymore are the right contingencies in place and communicated so that everybody knows if we create it we participate if we don't create it we don't participate So walking through all that is a big step and and we encourage people to think through that if they're considering a deferred uh, compensation plan, long-term incentive plan. Mark, Matt, any other thoughts as we wrap up today?
2: Well, the, I guess the, the mentality. So we had, you know, older deferred comp plans or non-qualified plans that we took over a long time ago that kind of, they didn't go through that initial step of the, the benchmarking and kind of making the plan meaningful. It's just an expense. It's a plan. You know, I've, you know, read or somebody told me a long time ago, you need to have a plan. You need to have a way to give some people some money, whatever. You're missing kind of the, what makes that important. If you don't have the connection there, if you don't see it as a way for you to create success, it's just a way for you to, basically an expense to the company, you're missing the point. And that's what we always want to make sure that we're accomplishing is this shouldn't feel like a burden or an expense to you as the business owner. This is a tool for you to create that mindset with your people that are important to the business. It's a way for you to get them thinking like you, a business owner and working Towards making those goals a reality, yeah, Uh, you're putting these stretch goals in place. You're making more money than you could do on your own. That's great, but if we don't have that line of sight, if we don't have that connection of this is what the plan is meant to do, it's going to feel completely different.
0: Yeah, and we we like to we like to encourage people that making money is not a bad thing. What you do with it is the is the key.
1: Yeah. I would just add, you know, just encouraging business owners to have the courage to, you know, to, a lot of times we initial conversations are everything's real held very closely, all information about your financials, your future, yeah. what you want yeah. to do and, you know, slowly decide you know, what you want to communicate, what what you want to open up to your leadership team. But just taking that step is is a big thing a big accomplishment of, you know, helping you achieve success that you would never be able to reach. So taking that step of courage, you know, stepping out and, and yeah.
0: help help business owners walk through that as well. That's right. Yeah. It's not necessarily, you know, easy. It does, it does, it does take courage. It, it does take, uh, but once you get that mindset, once you get in that rhythm, of looking at the numbers working towards those numbers understanding why you didn't reach them if you didn't reach them you know things happen it, it's not a it's not a right. foregone conclusion that you build a forecast and it happens but it it, it adds a layer of of satisfaction and and you know in the middle of that success you know you you know you you plan something you reached a goal and you accomplish. It. that's a big deal yeah it's a big deal and it makes owning a business it makes you know working you know, with the leadership team of a business, um, a lot more fun, you know, when you, when you succeed together and, and, you know, if you fail, that means, you know, you got something to work on, you know, you got something else to look at, you got to collaborate through the, through the struggles and, and, you know, through the victories. And so encouraging people through that is, is it's, it's a joy of our business. You know, it's, it's to be able to bring that level of, of insight to our clients and, and as a complement to the to the very technical side of looking at the uh, long-term incentive plans and making sure that those are appropriate and uh, well-designed and customized and in place that we do for folks. So to the audience, thank you for joining us again. Mark, Matt, appreciate you jumping back in with the podcast here. And we look forward to be bringing more episodes like this, some of the different elements of our service. And as we also continue the bringing in guests to the three wins who are doing different elements of what the three wins is the, the ideals of the three wins, how they're doing those well and encouraging our audience along the way. So thanks guys. Appreciate everything. And I look forward to having you on next time.